All right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today in the backyard. For the first time. For the first time. It is too fucking hot to be in the blockhouse. It is. And we were not going to record. We were just not going to record this episode. Because it's too hot. It's too hot. And you might be like us or have had this experience recently that it's been too hot in your neighborhood. So, sound on the window. We're like everyone else. We're just trying to transition to a world where we can make this work. Southern Europe is on fire. On fire. Yeah. On fire. On fire. We are luckily not on fire, at least here. But Oregon is on fire currently. So, we're going to one step at a time, my friend. So, we're outside. One step at a time. <laughs> we are outside. If you hear kids screaming, they're having fun at a fountain. Deal with it. Your car's in the background. They're trying to get home we to their live families. We in an urban area. Urban area. We're outside, hear the wind whistling, hear dogs crunching on toys. This is a rustic episode. <laughs> rustic. Of Sign on the Window. Kelly, as always, we are here. How was your week? It's it's hot out, but it's kind of nice out today. Tonight, we're doing this uh, about 7 o'clock at night. My week was great. I had the most like, action-packed weekend of my life, I think, maybe. That's not true. Of my recent life. Uh, so we'll talk about that later. We know about that later. Definitely. But for now... You could say, in our rustic episode, maybe we're bringing it all back home. Nice. Nice. <laughs> this is a self-portrait. A sign on the window, if you will. I had my car broken into and thought sure today that's the burglar who burgled my car also burgled my keys this morning because I lost them. They were my backpack the whole time. It was great. What Kelly, a way to start the day. You also make a booklet every week, and I realize I haven't really been hyping the booklet. This booklet is just for you. However, it is a physical reminder that we do a podcast about Bob Dylan. I want to know about this booklet because I walked in on it and there's a gun on it. And I was like, this is weird. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gun's an overstatement. It's an NES light gun. NES light gun. (laughs) It's amazing. And if you want to see a picture of this, it will be on our Twitter, at SOTWpod. Oh, that's it. Just, it was an NES light gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an NES light gun because if you don't know, the way that I find these pictures is by searching for the name of the Bob Dylan song and then... A license-free image, meaning I can repurpose it however I want and don't have to give accreditation and I won't get in trouble for copyrights. And I saw an NES light gun amongst the myriad of images that came up for Dreaming of You. And I chose that because that was the most fun. And I always click into the picture just because I'm curious. This happened to be attached to a Wikipedia article for a NES game called Daydream and Davy, uh, which I didn't read a whole lot about. Okay. But apparently there are sections of the game. From what I understand, like a lot of it, NES Why does games... need a gun? Well, like a lot of NES games... Uh, were want to do back in the day if they were trying to be artistic they would be a bird's eye view mm. kind of like paperboy remember that game yeah or even the early gta's oh yeah, yeah, yeah um but there were portions where you would encounter something and you could use the light gun to, okay. to shoot objects so i was like that's pretty interesting from a high angle no i think it would it transition into, into okay. yeah which is really complicated mechanics to Especially think of the for time. the nes yeah, yeah. so that's daydream and david yeah, because like duck hunt is just literally yeah that's the whole thing but for them to like ducks. transition from whatever I don't know if it was a uh, role-playing game. I don't know if it was yeah. a paperboy type of just like. But we're sure levels. it wasn't like a leisure shoot Larry situation. I don't that believe they don't so. know one or the other. <laughs> I don't believe so. And what would you use that gun for? Mm. I know it could get really dicey, so we don't actually know. Uh, user discretion advised. <laughs> I think that's true. Uh, this is also the final episode of our music video month. We're doing it outside because we're celebrating. We're enjoying the weather. But also, this is our transition into something that is foundational in this podcast, which is which is randomization. We are going back to our original list, and we are going to go to our good friends at random.org. We're going to randomly pick at the end of this episode 
a brand new song. This will be our first song, real talk, since like March. <laughs> well, what podcast is this? What why, what songs are we picking? What what are we even doing? That's a great question. <laughs> and if you're curious and you've stuck around now for the first five minutes of the this longest podcast, preamble of this podcast history <laughs> in this podcast history, because there's so much going on. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. Oh, Kelly. thank God. I was really confused. You might, you thought you were in like the Neil Young podcast area, but no, no, no. This is Bob, Bob Dylan. Oh, I'm in the wrong backyard. Oh shit. <laughs> you're trespassing. Please get out. Take the dogs with you. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the number that Sigmund Freud had an irrational fear of. Ooh, is it 62? It's 62. And this week... Oh, shit. I was right. We listened to Dreamin' of You, which originally could have been on Tom Out of Mind, but originally premiered, if you will, on the Bootleg Series Volume 8, Telltale Signs. Let that be known. He said, quote, it was plausible to suppose that other figures signified the end of my life, hence 61 or 62. Suddenly, method entered into my madness. The superstitious notion that I would die between the ages 61 and 62 proves to coincide with the conviction that with the interpretation of dreams, I had completed my life's work, that there was nothing more for me to do, that I might just well lay down and die. He wrote that in 1909 when he was 62. He died in 1939 at the age of 83 wow. in London, fleeing from Nazis. So, damn. Yeah, Freud had a life. 61, 62 was not truly a fear, but I found that really interesting. And uh, people were just like, "Oh, if you're analyzing dreams, you're at the end, buddy." Yeah. Well, that was his thing. He 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 was like, "That's why I'm afraid of that because I think I'm going to die." But mm. people are just like, "Yeah, the number 62." Like if he saw it in like a a restaurant or something he would like just keel over or something like or I mean, scream what like what are, you, what are no. you talking about no Freud aside we're not even gonna bring a Freudian angle to this song thank you I like this song so much that it might be my number two Bob Dylan song I don't know that's 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 Daniel calling it early Jeff Rosenstock's album comes out the first week of January 2018 best album of the year so I think that's calling it early I mean it's it's uh, talking to what he got through, he's always going to be my number one. Ooh, I feel like in perpetuity. I don't know. I don't know. But this is really up there, man. I, I, it was so different. This is like the most modern song of his that I think I've ever heard. Even the modern, like most modern attempt, because his stuff with Sinatra Love and the crooning is that's harkens instantly back. Like you date yourself immediately, even if it comes out today, it still feels like it's from another era. And uh, this song does not does not feel like that at all. It's, it feels super modern and amazing. I love it. I love it. Everything and every it. time we, we mention a chorus immediately, and I think it's also worth mentioning an intro to a song, mm. uh, that disparate guitar, yeah. drum. Oh, my God. Drew me in immediately. Yeah, in a way that, I mean, Cold Iron's Bound is probably, and again, we'll talk more about that, but I definitely have more of an affection for this time period as we go on in the show because I love Time Out of Mind, but I don't think I love it as much as... I'm starting to love it because all of my favorite songs were in fact written during that time that I didn't really realize. Huh. This song itself was recorded 
for Time Out of Mind. Like I said, it was also part of the original cut where it could have been on the album itself. Mm. But it was it was next at the last minute along with a couple of other tracks that show up on um, on the Bootleg Series Volume 8, Red River Shore, and another version of Can't Wait, which is also on Time Out of Mind, but in a very different version. And another song that was cut as well, Mississippi, who, that did show up on, thankfully, on, on Love and Theft and is Your my favorite, favorite Bob Dylan song. It seems pretty clear that two versions exist, although some people doubt that. Um, some people have said that only this is the only version that exists. Um, but I think Clinton Highland and his sort of his book about all this makes it clear that it's probably a combination of songs hmm. uh, sort of looped on top of one another. They didn't just walk into studios and cut it out. I mean, you, you, you have to have engineers, you have people working sure. for you making it. So I think that's kind of the case. This was actually the single that was released for the Bootleg Series Volume 8. And there was a music video that actually premiered on Amazon, if you believe it, uh, featuring Harry Dean Stanton, who died last year. And we will be obviously doing a mix up confusion this week, talking about the music video. So stay tuned for that next week. He has never played this song live. Not a shocker. June, stop eating grass. Oh my God. June. Just devouring, devouring. That's so much grass. I, I would be surprised that he hasn't played this live except it makes total sense that I really enjoy this song a lot and he would have never played it even once especially for a song of his that's a like more recent although didn't we listen to something like even last week I can't remember that he's played a billion times all things have changed it's like 850 yeah and that's just as recent as this one right uh three years prior but yeah but still still. yeah (laughs) yeah that, that makes total sense to me absolutely yeah that's what Bob Dylan will do yeah so the song itself I, I do want to talk about it. So th- this was a song that I particularly love, and I love... Some people are not into it, actually. I guess really? I want to lead with that. So the thing that you and I both really love about this song is that it sounds a, a certain way that some people on the internet have called Undylan-esque. I would agree with that, which is probably why I like it so much. So there's a, there's a huge contingent of the internet that says... Daniel Lanois, who did Oh Mercy and did Time Out of Mind, created a very specific sound for Bob Dylan. Time Out of Mind, you will love Cold Irons Bound, this song. Just the things he was making at this time, I think you're you're 100% for. That's why you're on this podcast. You are for that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, I, and I'm for that. I, I'm, not, I'm not growing up in the world where like I'm inundated with U2. Lanois did most of all of U2's albums. Oh, okay. Uh, and is instrumental in their sort of success a lot of people consider this song to sound like you too so many people online were like i could hear bono singing over this song and i just don't i don't go that far i understand that it's that there's a swampy feel to it and there's also a very pop feel to it it sounds really good but like that's a bridge too far for me like i can't imagine you two singing this song i can't imagine Bono at all it does sound very different but it's also the same musicians playing it it's called another song guys you can't write the same type of song 14 times and call it an album like it sounds different that's the point you want to know what the song sounds like and it's not fucking you two what's that it is 1000 percent fumbling towards ecstasy era 
Sarah McLachlan. This oh. song, a part of, I think that part of the reason why I'm so is into this, it's the guitar. This, it's no, the organ, okay. actually. Oh. So the the guitar is the only wrench, but the very opening that from the the, pam, 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 the little like we're almost turning on a radio. Yeah, like. that noise, which I don't know what that noise is because it does sound like a radio clicking on, or it, it, maybe it's it's the electric organ sound, possibly, possibly. where it's like they like they turned it on while they were pressing a note. Is what I think. I think people would get upset. I think that's one of the reasons Lanois is not beloved in a way that like most of Bob Dylan's stuff especially his stuff now doesn't do that trickery it might not be a sound at all it might actually be a, a post-production of, absolutely mm-hmm. so yeah, the fact sure. that you don't know and that you can't mimic it with another instrument I think is a problem people have oh, and you're right I, no I don't give a shit either we've yeah. grown up with music very much like that but yeah uh, I, I don't I don't know yeah. I, it's probably just pre a post-production trickery. That's what I was... Th- it was I, I couldn't... It sounds great, really though. But it could also just be a bending of a guitar note. Could I be. mean, it's kind of... Uh, the, yeah, the thing... So that very... The intro sounds just like a Tracy Chapman song. I mean, specifically, give me one reason. It sounds... Like, you you could lead right into that song for that little intro. <laughs> that, that takes... Uh, yeah, this could very easily be an alternate intro to uh, Give Me One Reason. <laughs> But it takes a very specific vocal. Yes, absolutely. To hit that. And once Bob Dylan starts, you're like, oh. But it's is- the guitar. So the guitar is what takes you away from Sarah McLaughlin into Tracy, Tracy Chapman. But the organ is 100%, especially uh, on Fumbling Towards Ecstasy. There's three tracks that that organ gets really get really gets there. The opening track, Possession, um, Plenty, and Hold On. They they all, like, they got that organ okay. in there. And it's like, the lyrical content is a little not Sarah McLaughlin, but this this song, minus the guitar... Um, that leading little tremolo guitar kind of thing, yeah. or, or like steel guitar. Sorry, the leading steel guitar uh, sound. If that wasn't in there, this could be a Sarah McLaughlin song. Fucking easy. But you don't see Sarah. She couldn't get on this shit. I, I just the lyrics. I mean, I think yeah. she could totally sing, sing right, a, a version of her song. It's just not. Yeah. Although we'll talk about it in a minute. There's definitely some obsessive lesbian love tones to this song. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that part of it subconsciously is like, oh, I'm in because this triggers like a, a very specific lesbian vibe in the, me hey um but bob's got getting it also it's just I, I don't know man i just really like it it's it just breaks into a really like it sounds like it's gonna be jammy right at the beginning but then it's like this beautiful song that kind of opens up that the piano, piano is so it, those good. chord it's so uh-huh. simple and it just sets it off it makes it i feel it like we could just make this a sound bite it's so simple and it does the like that sign on the window that's literally every piano song that we've had or talked about at least i have Pianists that I find interesting are people like Trent Reznor, who that's he's nothing but that. He's nothing yeah. but like I'm gonna hold these awkward chords or just hammer on these few keys for a second and let you sit in that moment. Yeah. And that's what the piano line in the song is doing. It's just dun, 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 dun. we're gonna hold you there for a second. Yeah. And I think it's really good. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. I like it a lot, and I do think it's super undulant, and that it probably is why I like it. Yeah, probably. But I, I mean, it, it's so because my sweet spot for him is like the '60s guitar and harmonica right. so if we're not going to do that this is my favorite version of it like let's the not do that at all version yeah yeah let's fucking do this let's do sarah mclaughlin version of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah where you where you give it over to your musicians a little bit i i think mm-hmm. i think that's something again bob dylan doesn't often do there's not a lot of outros i think are even more rare than the little intros it's like when bob dylan is done singing we're done with the song right, yeah. unless there's a harmonica solo yes yeah, so bob's not on stage yeah and, and Cold Iron's Bound has an extended intro, mm-hmm. which I think is wonderful. And I'm not sure if it's a Wurlitzer uh, mm, yeah, organ or electric piano, but I like associate that sound with that. Uh, and then the standing bass is beautiful in it, too. Like, the fact that you can really hear the strings rattle off it, that's why I knew it was insulated standing bass, because yeah. you can hear it inside the body. Mm. It's so good. 
I like this one a lot. It's gorgeous. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, Highland has a really interesting take on this as as normal. Sometimes I don't really care for it, but this one I do care. uh, Is Larry Sloman, who we've talked about on the show before, one of Dylan's first biographers for the Rolling Thunder Review, one of his older friends. He, He made a point of talking about this song as if it was a prototype for other songs on Time Out of Mind, which it was written before the majority of those songs, and a lot of the lines are taken from this song into Time Out of Mind. So we, we're going to get into that in a moment. But he he rejects that. He says, I don't, I don't see this as something that this is a lesser song for a better song. A lot of the lyrics in this go into a song called Standing in the Doorway, which... I agree, generally, is a better song. I think it's maybe one of the best songs on Time Out of Mind. But I don't think that necessarily means that all of the other borrowing and sharing that was happening make the make these songs lesser because some of the better lines or whatever went to another one. Yeah. So I, I, I respect that, and I would agree with that. It's I don't see it as a better or an improved version of this song. This song is very much its own thing, and it does its own thing. That being said, I think I said it earlier in this episode, I am starting to come around to this era of songwriting is amazing. Some of his greatest songs and most long-lasting songs come out of this period. And he does the thing that he was doing in the 1960s, which is he is just writing free verse. He is trying to get something out into the world, and he doesn't... He's not consciously taking phrases and lines and like making them into some algorithmic song that's going to sell a million records or whatever he is trying to make the best fit from what's in his head and it's a very particular personal record and this song is just an extension of that and this is not out of place with a lot of other albums that have songs very similar to this uh infidels is a great one where we have a lot of songs that didn't make the final cut and we get to listen to sort of the dregs, if you will, or the songs that would go on to a shitty album like Empire Burlesque. I mean, Tight Connection to My Heart is a great example of a song that had a really specific viewpoint that got bastardized later. And I don't think this one got bastardized. That's the only difference. This one didn't get stripped for its parts and sold off as something shitty. It got stripped for its parts and made into another beautiful vehicle, but that didn't diminish the, the glory of dreaming of you. So when we talk about standing in the doorway, we will definitely talk about this song again. So whenever that is down the road in the future. And I bring up standing in the doorway because the instances, and you can let me know are pretty clear uh, in the song dreaming of you. He says the light in this place is really bad. Like being in the bottom of a stream. That's the very first verse. And in standing in the doorway. The light in this place. is so bad. Well, I eat when I'm hungry, drink when I'm dry, live my life on the square. Even if flesh falls off my face, it won't matter as long as you're there. And then it's standing in the doorway. I'll eat when I'm hungry, drink when I'm dry, and live my life on the square. And even if the flesh falls, and then in, uh, in, in, in Dreaming of You, he sings, Somewhere dawn is breaking, light streaking across the floor, church bells are ringing, I wonder what they're ringing for. And in Standing in the Doorway, he says, I can hear the church bells 
ringing in the yard. I wonder who they're ringing for. So he definitely took those. Yeah. Now, on first glance, you're just kind of like, oh, Dylan. But in the context of standing in the doorway, this is the one time I could promise you it's for the better. It is, standing in the doorway is a great song. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this again. So we'll kind of leave that discussion for when we finally listen to the song. Because when I say those back, I'm kind of I get kind of goosebumps when I think about standing in the doorway because it's such a beautiful song. It's such a sad song, and those those kind of those are very evocative um, lyrics. And I, I I think they can apply to a myriad of situations. So, and that's the thing I like about Dreaming of You. Standing in the doorway is a very particular viewpoint, but Dreaming of You is so disparate. Like it's like a vibe song. It just has a feel to it that's very different from uh, even Time Out of Mind, where there's there's always kind of a particular viewpoint. A lot of Dylan songs are. Some of his best songs are the ones where it's almost like he's just riffing. Like, he's just kind of like, here's a bunch of verses that don't always mean everything, but I'm just trying. Do you think maybe that's why people have a problem with it? That, I think so. That it's... They can't latch on they, to, like... They kind of shoot it as being like, oh, this is so poppy, like, it doesn't even matter. But it doesn't it doesn't go into the vapid like the song is oh no there's still substance here and it, it never it's not as accessible as a pop song is intended to be as something that's so overproduced and well thought out and we need a hook and we need to make sure that people can sing along to it well, it does have a hook though it, it does but it doesn't have it doesn't ever no. get to that point so I wonder if maybe people feel that way about it whereas I would not feel that way about no 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 I think I think our feeling about it I think people our age would feel the, the good vibes from it yeah it would feel very comfortable with sort of the music that we kind of grew up on in that like u2 is not um they're not bastions for for like pop music or what good music is mm. u2 is a joke to us right and um and so when you hear something like this it's playing off of the style but it's not doing it in the u2 way like you can say whatever about Lanois and have your feelings, but those feelings are very particular to people at the time. Like, I wouldn't know the difference. It sounds modern. It sounds yeah. like Dylan could release it this year and it would be like, yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel about it. And that's amazing. And, and that they're, we've listened to many songs. Even his folk songs feel out of place in today's world. Right. It doesn't feel like you can release, you know, Paths of Victory or whatever, you know. That those feel very tied to the time. For years they had been locked in a cage. Then they threw me onto the stage. Some things just last longer than you thought they would. And they never ever explained. I was dreaming of you. That's all I do. Yeah, I see the song as really beautiful and universal, and it leaves me in the same way even with last week where we talked about how things have changed is not only inspirational and hopeful, but also very um, sad and uh, full of despair at the same time. I feel the same way when I listen to this. I'm very hopeful. I love it. The music is swelling in a way that makes me feel a certain way, but the lyrical content makes me very sad and very bummed. in that it's like I can just it's not even my life that I'm envisioning these are great stories it's just a great story and this is a novel in in particular or a short story where you open up and you don't get a clear idea of what's going on you just get a bunch of vignettes and it's deeply sad in the same way that it's super nostalgic and it's romantic and it's very natural 
and very haunting and very grateful. You know, you have um, these moments where he says, means the softest touch by the grave of some child who neither wept nor smiled. I pondered my faith in the rain. That's a sad line. That's haunting. It's very scary. Um, he says, even if my flesh falls off my face, it won't matter as long as you're there. Who writes pop lyrics like that? Sorry, you yeah. two is not writing shit like yeah. that. Uh, it's also really romantic when he's like, travel under any star. You'll see me wherever you are. The shadowy past is awake and so vast. I'm sleeping in the palace of pain. Like, uh, I mean, it's not only, it's not only beautiful and romantic, but it's also like very nostalgic for like a feeling that you had the palace of pain. Maybe you were here and maybe you weren't. Maybe you touched somebody and got burnt. How universal is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that line so much. It gets really meta. People really love this line. For years they had me locked in a cage. Then they threw me onto a stage. Some things just last longer than you thought they would. Bob Dylan. I think this song is, is a reflection of himself. I think he's singing this song to himself. Some of it does not quite fit so that the other possibility is he's obviously thinking of uh, a relationship past and gone. I, I see it as like a Bonnie and Clyde situation. They were like in a tough relationship, yeah. tough circumstances, Sarah. and they right. So he sees himself as some kind of like, you know, dark figure that yeah. uh, he's like had a. I don't know. Some, I think he wants that. He wants yeah, that. some like person who's some kind of an outlaw. I mean, yeah. that, that's absolutely Bob that's Dylan's ideal. Outlaw blues, baby. Yeah. So he's some kind of outlaw figure, and he's got this this girl by his side, and then he did it wrong one too many times, and he lost her or whatever, yeah. right? So. But a lot of this, I feel like, is a song to himself. himself it's just yeah. about self-reflection, and, and and so many of it can fit in there. And that, the, of course, that verse specifically right. about him being in the cage, uh, tipped me to that. But it wasn't just that. It, you could say that about Bob Dylan's life and career. Like you sort yeah. of bottle it up into a storm, and it just like, who knew this little kid from fucking Minneapolis would take over the world? You know? No. There's a ball. That's why I think it's it's kind of an amalgamation of both. It's like he's going in and out of reflecting on his own self and then also reflecting on the relationships he's had in the past. Yeah. Which is, you know, the person you are is because of the relationships you've had, the experiences you've had. So, yeah, of course, it makes sense. to. And so I think he's just going in and out. And maybe that's hard for some people to follow because they want it to be one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I like the in and out because that even makes me think about the intro to the song where you're almost flipping a dial and it sounds like you're turning in, you're tuning in to oh, a yeah. very particular moment. Nice. And so we're just sort of playing Bob Dylan out. FM or just going up and down well, the radio waves. Shouts to Bob Dylan FM, which is a real, oh, shit. one of our first, one of our first <laughs> right. fans of this pod. Shout out to you. Love, love it. Absolutely. Still love it. But yeah, essentially that I love, I love the idea of that. And I love any time that we can ascribe even more genius to something Bob Dylan had no say in at all. <laughs> and we're just like, what a fucking genius. Cause it is genius to think of it that way. You know, it's just another moment in his life. And solitude, my guide, would I spend forever here and not be satisfied? And I would be the one to hold me down, kiss you so hard, I'll take your All right, Kelly, we were also people in the world. And if you're still listening, we are going to be picking a random song out here in the backyard. For the first time in dogs. Dogs out here eating sticks and shit. (laughs) 
and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm I'm actually I've been more excited about this today than almost anything in the world. To see what comes next. Just to see what comes next. It's another chapter in Sign on the Window history. It's been a long time since we picked a song, since we've been in a place to pick a song, because we've had a lot of stuff going on. Speaking of going on, Kelly, what <laughs> what was uh you hyped up this weekend? Keep hitting this fucking table. You hyped up this weekend. What did you do this weekend, and what do you recommend to the people out there? I went to the Portland Queer Comedy Festival, second annual. Oh. Um, a local queer activist, um, Belinda Carroll, who's uh, a lesbian that's like born and raised in Portland. She's an OG, and she was back fighting against Prop 9 all the way back in the 90s, um, which would uh, essentially make uh, being gay illegal in the state of Oregon. Uh, not Like, you can't make a person illegal? Oh, that's... Well, Woo. we try. We, we try. do try to make people illegal, but uh, any, like, homosexual relationships right. make the... Uh, criminalize those. And uh, she was part of the people that helped make sure that didn't pass, and they were going to amend the Oregon State Constitution. So, yeah, Belinda Carroll, cool. amazing local comic and just wonderful lady all around. Uh, she Did and... Did you meet her? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I met her a couple times. I met her back when she oh, came... Oh, when, when Julie Goldman played uh, in April. Wow. Uh, or played, or had her set, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, performed. Perform. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, in April, she opened for her, and she That's put that amazing. on too. And so, uh, Andy, I can't remember his last name, who owns Funhouse Lounge, and Belinda put this on uh, for the second year in a row. And yeah, I got to see Julie Goldman four fucking times. <laughs> I saw. So they play, they performed multiple times. Yeah, so it was from over... Thursday to Sunday, and I got the weekend pass so I could see every show. Yeah. And um, I yeah, I ended up you seeing... saw every show. I mean, I saw as many as I could. I didn't go any of the Thursday night shows, but I did. We went to at least three shows every day. You got to work. Yeah, man. You got to pay for that fucking pass. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I got to see Julie three times. Anna was part of the, or I saw the live recording of Dung Gay Politics. I even asked a question in the audience. So if you listen to Dung Gay Politics, listen to the angry lesbian who says, what do you think about people who say you're a traitor to your gender and your country? Because she pretends to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So she was asking for questions from the audience. Nice. Yeah, so. So that that's me. you. You're yeah, in the. Yeah, yeah. You're in a podcast. It's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. You should have been like as a gwpod.com. Yeah, not like I'm part of a couple of podcasts already. But uh, uh, so yeah, that was amazing. Uh, I got to see a lot of comics. Some I had never seen before, uh, and some I was really excited to see. And uh, the only other thing I really did this weekend was, uh, or this week was listen to the Internet's new album, Hive Mind. Uh, it's good, but it's. I wouldn't say it's as good as Ego Death, but it's definitely good, and it's still on brand for them. Ego Death is better, but it's definitely a And if you don't know, if you want to check it out, go back and listen to episode 19A, the very first mixed up confusion ever, <laughs> where we basically it? created it to talk about Ego Death. It's true. So go back and listen to that and be like, what a great discussion they're having. I should probably listen to Hive Mind. Listen to it <laughs> and enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. It's a beautiful world, you know? It's, Take advantage. Yeah. Take advantage of what you can. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Yeah. I did not have as crazy of a time in the world as you. Although you did have an interesting weekend. <laughs> I had interesting lots of things. Someone, yeah, burgled my car and then <laughs> potentially burgled my keys, but that was me. I'm the burgle. <laughs> I burgled myself. I listened to Chance Rapper. He he dropped four new singles in lieu of a new album. I might need security, workout, Walla Cam, and 65th and Ingleside. I recommend those highly. They're fantastic all of them i listen to wilson pickett the exciting wilson pickett sure if, if you want uh, an exact reference we talked a lot about last fm if you don't have last fm i would recommend checking it out if you want to track what you listen to 
I uh, remembered a band named, named Blindside. Oh, man. And uh, a song called Pitiful, which if you've never heard it, <laughs> welcome to 2002, my friends. It's a great fucking song. And I realized, looking back on my stats, I listened to them in 2006. And then on May 25th, 2014, I remembered Pitiful. And I listen to Pitiful again. And it's amazing to have 12 years of insights as to what I've been listening to. So I can't recommend it enough uh, for people out there. I listen to Banquets. I've never mentioned Banquets on this podcast, but I want to recommend them. I I was thinking the, what's it called album? Uh, Kelly Okawe, what's his name? Block Party album. Does they have an album called Banquet? Called Banquet. Yeah, no, no, bad. no, thank you. Banquet's the <laughs> band. Uh, they they have an album from 2011, Top Bottom, uh, Top Button, Bottom Shelf. They have a self-titled in 2013, and in 2015 they broke up with their last album, Spit at the Sun. They're one of the best pop punk bands, whatever you want to call them. I can listen to them forever. I mean, they have three albums that are like 20 minutes long. And I've listened to them like 700 times. Uh, highly recommended. Iron and Wine, you popped them on our playlist, which I'm going to recommend in a moment. He has, um, Sam has a new album coming out, uh, a new EP called Weed Garden. And you can listen to What Hurts Worse now on Spotify. I realize he, he put it out two days ago. So very prescient with the Iron and Wine on oh, the playlist. that was an accident. No, it was on purpose <laughs> for Iron and Wine. And it's, uh, it's more of the same. So not a crazy aberration from what he's been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, it's not like before where he kind of went into a funk direction and then sort of scaled it back. And then I want to say that I've been playing Far Cry 5 and Death Squared. Nice. And a little bit of Fallout. Ooh, I played a little Death Squared too because it was the free Death, game last month. Super fun, right? Yeah, it's, it's really it's, good. I love a little puzzle game. It's very A well done cool. puzzle game. It's well done. Yeah. It's very beautiful and like the announcer and like just mm-hmm. the banter between it's engaging. whatever's happening is, mm-hmm. very, is very funny. And I want to recommend our playlist. Uh, we've got familiar friends, Wolf Parade, Cursive, Wilhelm Scream, Hard Girls, Iron and Wine. But we've also got newbies, first timers to the playlist world. Katy Perry. That's MC Front a lot. Fantagram. Uh, you're welcome, America. Those are all my picks. Oh, Blondie. they all are. Blondie. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac? Question mark? I don't actually know. I, I would assume Fleetwood Mac's made it before, but I'm not sure. And Aerosmith. Dream on, baby. Yeah, man. And finally, because we mentioned it over the last two pods, yes, America, we have bought Minus the Bear tickets. We are going Hell you. in December. They just they just announced the third Seattle, Seattle show. show, which is the final show they're from Seattle, if you don't know. But we are going to be going to the Portland show, which they just moved to the Roseland from the Hawthorne. So we are part of that world. And it's it's amazing. I can't wait to see the second to last, last, last show uh, as it is. And I, Kelly, I, I mean, it's amazing. I'm so sorry. I've only seen them once before. Uh, I saw them in 2014. 
at uh, Doug Fur. I thought I met them once before. Isn't that her song? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I think so. With a cigarette? Yeah. Yeah, that was... That was one of those songs. I think they're confused about the talking and uh, maybe I don't know. I'm really excited to see them again and I think it's going to be I mean hopefully electric because you know they it's going to be their last I, when you said electric they did rec- record an acoustic album so <laughs> they did ooh that would be a that would have been that would have been insane to do an acoustic it. straight up <laughs> This is an acoustic Bold. only tour. Bold. Bold. And we would love it. I would. I'd be totally into that. I would love to see Nights. I mean, their Nights version in acoustic is beautiful. All right, Kelly, we are a real podcast. We don't always record from a backyard, but it feels like we almost should. Right. And we love it's interruptions so nice. from dogs, and we love, you know, just random children noise, a bus in the background from time to time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This train. is what we There's live train, for. Yeah. There was a trade for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want to know more about us, we are at SOTWpod.com. We're also at SOTWpod on Twitter. Those are your two main hubs for what we're doing and what we like and what we're into. Unless you want to talk to me, then it's Tumblr. And then it's Tumblr for Kelly and (laughs) SOTWpod Tumblr for us. But also we're on Facebook. Uh, They lost $119 billion today. I know, I saw that. The biggest one-day drop uh, in the history of the u.s stock market so uh maybe facebook's on the out who gives a fuck i put it on there just for the hell of it who uses facebook probably the people that listen to bob dylan from back in the day because it's just old people am i right young people listening to this podcast <laughs> that's right alienate your audience but Good you move. can find us at SOTW pod literally everywhere just find your favorite thing find us instagram you know all the stuff kelly we are finally getting to the bread and butter of this podcast the best moment and the moment that i wait for an entire week for <laughs> months this I time mean, months this <laughs> time we're gonna randomly choose a song we've been randomly choosing and then faking you out this time i no swear to god there is no i'm not gonna burgle this from you like i was burgled burgle burgle hey luckily so everyone knows the only thing that was taken from daniel was an ipod from a, 10 an years old ago iPod, yeah <laughs> And uh, lots of Bob Dylan on it, so there's hope. Two dollars change is listening to Bob Dylan, <laughs> and two dollars and change. Yeah. yeah, they decided they don't want like a little charger that charges your your phone. I guess they don't have a car, so that they doesn't want really the work. iPod charger, which like that cable doesn't even exist anymore. You need that cable, homie. Like that was in that was in my thing. Yeah, they didn't they didn't care. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. And they also dropped a dime, which on the like ground. if yeah. a dime is like what you're there for, you gotta pick up. Gotta everything. Take those dimes. And also, the worst part about it is they didn't shut my door. And so my battery died. And I had to buy a new fucking battery. Sure did. So, truly, who's out more? Uh, you. You're the I, only person I think the out. homeless guy is probably out <laughs> a lot more than me. So I am not mad about that. It just sucks. It's a thing that happens. But you know what you do in life, people? You move on. Just like you move on from this episode. Kelly, we are at 469 songs. Nice. One out of 469, <laughs> what you got? Wow. How about 420, man? It's been so long, I don't have random.org. Just oh, my gotta oh, my gotta oh, my gotta be. Oh, my gotta be. Oh, my gotta be. Oh, my gotta be. Have you seen the uh, Onion um, uh, hey bees. Oh, article about the bee? No. I mean, uh, I love bees for the environment. I'm not going to hurt the bee, but, like, fucking please leave me alone. Uh, if I just make this face, will it go away? <laughs> 
There's an, okay, I'm gonna just pretend it's not here. What about the Onion article? There's a bee about it. Oh no, bee. <laughs> it was uh, the the headline was bee mad that entire party freaks out when it sits on a cup on a the ledge of a can or whatever. He's just like, I'm just hanging out. I'm tired. I've been flying all day, and everyone goes screaming. <laughs> the second it's I like, sit down, it's like, oh, so like you get stung by a bee one time, and we're all the same, right? We're all exactly Hashtag not all bees. I know. And I feel as now I'm like the onions testing my patience because I fucking hate bees. As well, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Why are we doing this? It's almost over. There's a whole like, there's a whole yard. Go to the fruit. Fuck. Go to the fruit. Go to the fruit. All right. Sorry. Bee interlude. <laughs> All right, Kelly. One out of four hundred sixty-nine. If you get this right, I don't know if we've established rules. We probably have, and we've forgotten them. If you remember the rules, tweet us at SFTW Pod. <laughs> Kelly, one out of 469. 420, man. I told you, because you made this. Uh, you were like, 69. So it's like, Very well done. 420. It would have been 2016's album, Fallen Angels. Oh. Uh, that's his second Sinatra output uh, before Triplicate. Gotcha, gotcha. So we would have listened to the whole album of Sinatra. We don't have those Sinatra songs on the playlist so it is just the album gotcha. and we're done we're not doing that kelly because you you guessed wrong believe it or not oh. 227 is the correct answer we are going to oh, i'm so nervous next week we're gonna be doing a personal favorite of mine i love this song so much a very old song so we're going back to the 1960s we're going back to just a good old folk song and we're gonna okay. be talking about walking down the line because it's a little bit more than you think even from what i just know about the song well, it's because Music Video Month is over. It's fucking over. And but it it's not exist. over yet. It is over. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't exist. It's not a national holiday yet, but soon it will be. And we will see you on Thursday for the next episode of Mix Up Confusion, confusion. where we're going to close out Music Video Month talking about Dream and Feel, Harry Dean Stanton, and just the music videos that we enjoyed growing up. The what, ones what, that formed that us. Formed, formative videos. Exactly. So you, if you want to know about me, listen, but... You have talked about being a trash person. We're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> this is the episode that you're going to want to listen to, America. Nice. We will see you on Thursday, and then we will see you on Monday for Walking Down the Line. Yay! Goodbye.